we, we're all addicts to something. To something. Oxygen. Fucking, I need, <laughs> I need it bad. I can go a couple minutes. I'm an O2 addict. A couple minutes at best anymore. I'm like, okay. I'm practicing. I want to practice so the, that maybe the, I can be The problem, be I think, dead. is when your when I am craving sick. out outweighs your rational thought. Like for oxygen. That's why I'm at right now. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't think you can crave more than you need. <laughs> I need it. I need it bad. Here's a funny thing. Take us off on a tangent for a second, because we were just talking about our own funerals and funny things we can do for them. The good times we can have at a funeral. Start practicing holding your breath now. So, like, you know, if you get sick, say hopefully we don't get sick till over like 80 or 90, but we're good at it. Like, we can hold our breath for six or eight minutes and fake everybody out like a hundred times. <laughs> like, yeah. They're coming. To the they're, point where nobody even wants to come anymore because they think you're faking. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not dead. <laughs> Close oh. it. <laughs> get me out of here. If I tell my wife, if I ever have to go to hospice, I just want, I don't want a bed. Just get a coffin for me. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting in the coffin. If kids come. Hey, kids. I just, I just thought this would be easier. <laughs> we don't, we don't need the, to be transferring bed. Let's <laughs> to move. I'm all about the economy. The economy of death. There's no way this is going to be able to segue into. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Okay, well, hey, welcome back to the Great Dive Podcast, everyone. We're coming at you with a blast from the past again. We had fun uh, doing the Buffoonus Aquarius from the old, from way back in the sixties, and we're gonna we're gonna stick back in the, we're gonna stick back into the sixties. Groovy man, groovy dude. We're gonna go all the way back to 1962. That was a good year. I remember it well. I wasn't around yet. Neither was I. I'm kidding. Do you know, I remember when somebody said 1962, you're like, well, that wasn't that long ago. Like in the 70s, 1962 wasn't that long ago. It's like saying, oh yeah, 2010, 2005, you know? Right. But now, you, if at, I say 1962 to my kids, it's like I might as well be, to me, it's saying like 1810. For, you know? for real. Like, yeah. uh, I, I still think of 2000 as like this date in the future. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's exactly like that's, it. That's yeah. the image I I'm get. I'm waiting for like 2012 for the world to end. Yes. <laughs> robots everywhere. Like, when you say 2000, then I got to stop and go, 
Oh, wait, that was 20 years ago. Well, think about it. When 2000 was coming, remember the uh, the whole computer thing? And, uh, oh, my God, everything. Just stock up on food and water, man. The computers are going to shut down. The banks are going to shut down. Total collapse of the economy. The whole society is going to implode. It's going to be crazy. Cats and dogs living together. It's crazy. Uh <laughs> And then nothing, you know. Nothing. I remember everybody's watching Dick Clark, and uh, oh man, you're thinking, okay, this is, uh, you know, I had the kids and everything, and I'm like, uh, are we ready for this? We were at a New Year's <laughs> Eve party on, yeah, you know, the night of uh, Y2K. Were you coming listening? In. Were you listening to Prince? A lot of Prince. <laughs> um, no, we weren't. And you didn't. Were you partying though? Like it's we were partying. Like it's 1999. That song came out in the 80s. And then somebody, like, right at midnight, flipped the power off. The hell, I love this guy. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. Son of <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> Get me out of here! <laughs> so I killed three people. <laughs> Whatever it takes, man. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I remember a couple of people that uh, I knew, like, like for, like, the two years prior that were uh, computer programmers. Man, those guys were oh, yeah, yeah, making yeah. ridiculous. Ridiculous mm-hmm. amounts of money, like yeah, trying to fix reworking mm-hmm. like all these old uh, uh, number systems so that it would wouldn't do the flip, you know, that would uh, update into the new numbers. Man, they were making a killing. But yeah, it is. Um, it is not the 1960s anymore. It's no, nearly 2020. But anything good came out of the 60s. That's why we have to keep going back to these articles. Is that what I'm getting? Well, you know, they a lot of they good. wrote in a way. It seems like they, they could have they a little smart. bit more fun. And the, oh, the writers, yeah. the writers well, were a little smarter. They could have more fun, and do you know why that is? There wasn't the political correctness. Thank you. You could crack jokes, and back then jokes were supposed to offend a couple people because it was kind of the that's the humor. whole idea. So another another part of the the '60s that's different than today is an addiction of diving back in the early days that isn't really around as much. No, as it used to be. Like back in the uh, back in the day, people that were divers dove their asses off. Nowadays, it, it's you know to to be in the diving business, you got to do a a ton of work. I mean, you nearly got to go to your students and customers' houses, break in, wake them up out of bed, make them breakfast, and and drag them out to the dive site to get them in the water. Hashtag true facts. But do you have any theories on why that is? I do, but I want to hear if, if you do. Why do you think things have changed? What's different? I'm all ears. Oh, well, I was going to say the difference is uh, the demographic. Who was signing up for scuba back then? Men with mustaches. Well, you had that, of course. Uh, the image being being sold to us is kind of, it's an adventure sport. It's daring. Right, it was it was all about that. Those were the people that would come in for scuba, and it was something new. It was you know on the edge of adventure sports, if you will. Sure, I get it. Which is you know why now kids want to fly in squirrel suits. Right. Well, see, and that's the thing. It's not new anymore. It's been around. I mean, listen to the people. Yeah, you know, that's... we talk about this. You go to a party. Yeah, I'm certified. And you get 250 pound smoking. Anybody, anybody can go get certified. That's the whole thing. They've decreased the standards. It's so easy. You don't have to really do anything. So everybody goes and does it, which they do it. They do it. You once lose. Yes. And you because lose they the attraction because they're not as comfortable. They didn't have to go through all the work that they had well, to exactly. 30 years ago. I, okay. I the see class your point is there. watered yeah, down sure. to yeah. a shell of what it was. 
you know, anything good, anything worthwhile takes work. It takes work. It has high standards. You know, back then you had to really do something to get a scuba certification. You had to swim your ass. You had to be in shape. I mean, it, it relied on your physical fitness a lot. Well, I remember when, uh, when I did my class, you know, the swim test was eight lengths of the pool, 400 yards. But they made us do 12 lengths of the pool, knowing that most people weren't going to be able to pull off the full 12. But because they were pushing for it, they'd, they'd get the eight out of them. If they told me you said to do eight, they'd all stop around five or six. And now it's four. It's like the four, old, and uh, you can you can do it with your mask, fins, and snorkel if you want to. You, you know that old forty percent rule, right? Have you ever yeah, heard that? Yep, yep. It, it, that's all you're playing on, right there. Is human beings will typically only f- go to like forty percent of their capability, and then, then, they and then, stop. then they, they're like, "Oh, I can't do any anymore." So you just up the bar a little. Correct. So and you get the you, yeah, get, you the get the full, the full out of them. Yeah. Well, you get the full requirement. It's still they're still only going forty percent of what they could do, but they don't even know that they can do. That oh, much yeah. more. Most people don't know how far. Yeah, we had to do. Um, yeah, it was those psychological games. Yeah, you know, we had to do a full lap, breath holding. Yes, yes, I had to do that. We had to. Uh, you know, we, we had to kill a shark with One minute breath hold. I did, we had to each kill an eight foot or better shark with a knife, a tiger shark. They let you use a knife. Well, the, the knife was actually when I say it's with a knife, they took the knife and put slices on our legs to uh, get the blood going. <laughs> Yeah, it does seem today that when you talk to a young, a young person about scuba diving, you you might hear from them, yeah, I tried that once, or you would hear, oh yeah, that's something my grandpa did. Yeah, you, you don't would. get a lot of the you don't get a lot of the the younger people that are out there kicking out dives on a weekly basis. No, couple I dives mean, on a monthly basis, like you did back in these days when this article was written. Yeah. You know, uh, where someone who would consider themselves an active diver today, it's because they're doing a trip to the Caribbean every right. year. Right. They, they do, you know, uh, 12 dives in in the Caribbean mm-hmm. on a yearly basis versus, like, when we talked about some of those local dive clubs, right? When we ran into that stuff last year. From yeah, that, looking that at guy the old logbooks. Oh, and man, the, they uh, were knocking out. Activity schedules, yeah. The, the regular diver was putting in 100 dives a year, and that's like... 12 months out of the year, cold water mixed with warm water trips. And they're throwing a trip in there too. But they're diving 12 months out of the year in three-quarter inch wetsuits back in those days. Right. So those divers, they were a breed of diver known as the aquaholic, as what they called themselves. Addicted. Addicted to the water. Addicted to scuba. Not much unlike a... An oxygen addict, if you will. An alcoholic. A what other holics are there? There's sexaholic. Sexaholic. So I don't any, know. so, anyways, um, this uh, this article was written called Aquaholics Anonymous. It was written by a Homer Gramling back in uh, the February issue, 1962, of Skin Diver Magazine. Homer Gramling. There's a, there's a name you you don't hear a lot of uh, Homers Homer anymore Simpson, either. That's, that's it. about yeah, it. But that's yeah. kind of like a joke name. Yeah, uh, I don't know what happened to that name. Does it does it carry a stigma around uh, in and of itself? Homer, if your name is Homer, what would you what comes to mind when you hear the name Homer? Iliad and the Odyssey comes to my mind. When I hear of a, when I hear Homer, I think of running the bases. Yeah, I got a Homer. I just hit a Homer. Hi, I'm Brandon, and I'm an aquaholic. Hi, Brandon. Okay, so let me set the scene. You're at the local library. Mm-hmm. In that little off section, you know, 
not where the books are or anything. There's a couple of, there's like a little computer area. Is this and a, sec- a, a sexaholic episode? <laughs> <laughs> there's a room off with a, with, a, with a set of blinds on the door. You know, there's that room back there. Or, or maybe not the library. Maybe you're at the, at the local church. Mm-hmm. There's a Methodist church down on the corner. Nobody's going in there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, the, you know, occasionally, a couple mornings on your way into work, you can pop in and cruise down the hallway. You're not going to go into, into the main church where the pews are. You're going to go into one of those little offices down on the side. Because you and the other aquaholics need some support. We do need some support. Are they looking for a cure for the aquaholism? Maybe you're just in the back of the dive shop. Mm-hmm. With a bunch of other aquaholics, getting a chance to to vent a little bit, get some things off your chest, sniff a little of the old neoprene, neoprene, if you know what I mean. I love the smell of neoprene in the morning. So Homer mentions in this article that he wrote, somebody ought to organize an Aquaholics Anonymous. Purpose of the organization, of course, would be to help the seemingly hopeless victim of aquaholism to kick the bad habit. The society would operate on the principle that misery loves company, that only a victim of the insidious malady himself knows how another victim feels. By banding together, the victims will find mutual understanding and sympathy. Also, they'll be able to put their heads together to think up excuses to give the boss or wife when they no longer can bear the tortures of total abstinence. Nice. Aquaholism. Aquaholism. I get it. I think both of us have it. Yes. Hello, my name's James. I'm an aquaholic. <laughs> Hi, so yeah, it's. Um, I think when you and I are teaching classes, you know, we encourage this addiction, right? <laughs> I mean, we we encourage our, uh, our our students to not just finish the class and take the next one, but finish the class and get out there and, and dive your asses off doing dives to the level that you're trained for and building in that comfort and experience. That's right. As you should. And it does help with that uh, if you are an alcoholic. And I think if you have that drive. We need more alcoholics in this world. We do. Alcoholism is not that bad of a deal. I mean, if you're going to be addicted to something, diving's a pretty good one. In the in the big in the big scheme of things. Like all other forms of addiction, it is found in various stages of development and among persons in all walks of life. And like most other vicious habits, it starts innocently, its grip tightening so slowly, the victim is seldom aware of its presence until it's too late. Is there a bad side to alcoholism? Is it? I mean, can it get like gambling addiction? Oh yeah! Oh yes! Where you've you've taken <laughs> where a you, triple mortgages on the house? Where you walk out to the the garage and you've got three sets of doubles. <laughs> Stage bottles, deco bottles, scooters. How many dry suits do you have? <laughs> yeah, we won't go. But the, uh, yeah, I get that. You know why? Because you become a slave, my man. You're a slave. A to slave the... to what Homer calls the demon water. <laughs> <laughs> Hopelessly ensnared to the demon water. Let's take a look at this dread malady and some of its pitiful victims. So... Homer gives us three different types of victims that fall dread to this evil demon water. Now, the first one is um, he's that guy that you might might expect, you know, just, not, not really addicted, just kind of, you know, 
I don't dabbling, have a problem. Just dabbling a bit. I like, yeah, I like I a like couple the, dives a week. What's the deal? I like the way it feels. Mm-hmm. I like the smell of neoprene. Everybody, That's all. It's not everybody that does a couple like, dives a week. I just like the smell of neoprene. Until <laughs> you start lying to your wife about it. Where were you? <laughs> I was uh, I was out with my secretary at <laughs> the hotel. You're like, you were not. You were diving. <laughs> you're, uh, you know that when you put lipstick on your dive buddy and, and have him kiss you on the neck and on your shirt collar before you, gotta throw before her off. you come home from the dive, you know. And you're spraying a lady's perfume on you so you can get over get get over the scent of the neoprene? You know it's bad. Mm-hmm. So first, there's a social diver. This type is usually highly gregarious and loves company. He really doesn't care much for the stuff, but occasionally takes one with the boys just to be social. Strictly a good time, Charlie. At this stage, it's quite harmless. But as is usually the case in such things, one dive leads to another. Soon the diver finds himself starting earlier and earlier in the day. First thing he knows, he's taken one before breakfast. Just to pick me up, he'll say. <laughs> no one will know. It's like, uh, it's like Jerry's old joke. What's that? I'm not addicted to cocaine. I just like the way it smells. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> so that old uh, social diver is now really on the road to becoming an alcoholic. He got the taste. Yeah. Got a couple of good dives in him. It starts out that way, you know. Well, you know, you get the you, you do your first little checkout dives, like they used to call them back in these days. Mm-hmm. You know, and you'd you'd be in some mud hole. They they talk you into going someplace like the Keys, and then bam, you're like, whoa. Well, this is yeah. Wow, a lot this is gorgeous. This is gorgeous water. It's a lot different yeah. than the, the quarry dives. So you get you get the taste, and you're like like you know I got a little I got a little long weekender going up. Uh, when you start making going those up trips, with the boys. Uh, when you're willing to do uh, thirty hours of driving just so you can get a two dives in or four dives in, well, you might have a problem. You might have a problem when you're willing to. Get up out of bed, out of that warm, warm bed on a on a winter morning. Saturday morning a, at five a.m. <laughs> to, to do a couple hour drive to jump into near freezing water for a half hour. You might have a problem. You might have a problem when you're trying to get over your sexaholism <laughs> through, 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 through diving. Yes. Through diving, you might have a serious problem, right? We just jump from. Addiction to addiction, me, man. Yes, we jump from addiction it's to addiction. the life of an addict. Uh-huh. Next comes the quiet diver. You know this guy? I was this guy. He's the serious type. <laughs> <laughs> the more he dives, the quieter he gets. He'll sometimes kill a whole bottle of air without uttering a word. And he prides himself on how much he can take without it showing. I just need me a little nitrogen, man. Just a little fix, just a little nitrogen fix. He's quiet about it, you know. Does his dive, you know. This guy, he might even dabble in, you know, diving with buddies he doesn't know. A little bit of the old, don't ask, don't tell. Just go down, blow some bubbles together. He might even get so hard up, starts doing a couple solo dives. Doesn't talk that's, about that's it. Shallow. Yeah. It's shallow. Just it was a shallow one, you know. Just just, need, just needed to get one in, man. He's an addict. He doesn't know it yet. In the back of his mind, he knows. 
He knows. But he's not admitting. Exactly. Nobody admits. So he's lying to himself at this well, point. Of course. It's what you got to do to get through the day, though. He probably he probably wakes up in the morning. He's got that empty tank in the back of the back of the truck. I used another tank. I used two <laughs> tanks. Tank. I did two dives <laughs> last night. I told myself I was only going to do one. <laughs> he puts the he puts the the regulator on. Turns on the gas to check the gauge. 400 PSI? I said I was only going to use half a tank. I told myself I'd only do half a tank. Goes in the house and steals money out of his wife's purse. Pay for the fills. Just goes right up to the shop. He's putting some off to the side to buy his own compressor. Next thing you so know. So he doesn't have to even let people know. How next thing you know, he can't even do air anymore. He's, 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 on the nit- he's on the nitrox. Are you on the nitrox demon, man? And then, after the quiet diver, there's the secret diver. Now this fellow is in the worst shape of all. When he first started, he wasn't at all ashamed of it. In fact, he may even have bragged about it a little bit. But Yo, by now, bitches, I'm diving. <laughs> but by now, he realizes he's taken too much and tries to hide it. The secret diver invents elaborate cover-ups for A, his boss. I've been called out to search for a nose cone. <laughs> Uh, B, his wife, the boss is uh, sending me out of town. Uh, we'll just have to rearrange the furniture some other time, babe. He shuns all of his old friends and starts running around with a new crew, all of whom indulge as much as he does. He feels more comfortable with them. Yeah. Well, you're He's hanging the, out with the enablers. Your your ilk. Yeah, yeah, you identify more with uh, people that share your problem. Then you feed each other's addiction. Well, yeah, so you... You, you realize you got a problem. So you go to the dive shop? No, 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 no. You go, you go out to the beach, the, the, the boat harbor? No, no. You go somewhere away from it all. You walk into, you don't know, the hardware store, and you just happen to see a guy with a patch jacket. <laughs> Underwater navigator. He's got, uh, <laughs> he's got a he's deep got, diver. He's got a 100-dive chevron on his sleeve. <laughs> hanging out by the hammers and rubber gloves. He's hey, hanging out by hey. the bolt snaps, actually, I think. <laughs> I couldn't help to notice, but um, hey, uh, is that a is that an Aqualung t-shirt you have on right there? Well, well, yeah. You like uh, Aqualung? Oh, man. I, I'm a big uh, big Aqualung fan. I love that shit. You know where that Aqualung t-shirt would look good? <laughs> it looked good crumpled up in the... Backseat of my car as we're climbing into our wetsuits and going to do a little dive tonight. You up for this? I brought my own snorkel. <laughs> so, Aquaholics Anonymous. Eventually, you might get to the point where you got to kick the habit of the old demon water. Or you may know somebody who's hooked on the demon water that you need to get them off. It's destroying their lives. Destroying their lives, man. They, uh, they got a new dive buddy every week. They've gone from octopus to air mcdoodle <laughs> they're, they're, they're they're experimenting with split fins it's getting bad it's getting bad well there's three usual methods of quitting the stuff all of them though have doubtful effectiveness homer says number one there's the taper off right i won't take a dive anymore before noon promise i won't do any more dives before noon but he ends up wasting the whole whole morning, you know, prepping for the dive in the, that afternoon, right? It's like, uh, remember um, remember old Chris Farley? Yeah. On Saturday Night Live when Down by Stuart the river? Smalley did the, did the intervention with him on St. Patrick's Day. And he's like, I think you might be an alcoholic. 
let me ask you a couple of questions. He's <laughs> like, do you ever drink in the morning? And he's like, no, no, no. And he's like, okay, okay, that's good. I never wake up till at least noon. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, the quit it cold method. That's a that's always that's a tough one. You got to be hard. You got to be yeah, strong, strong one, for right? that. Yeah, you, it's like you got to sell all your gear. Just walk away. Just walk away. In this in this example, the addict, the alcoholic, ends up emptying every tank in the house completely of air. You got nothing. Except you know. He's got a stash. He's got one. He's, he's got, got that stash. one just in case. He's got a one. pony he's, bottle. He's got a <laughs> pony <laughs> bottle. So just in case. He's got a side-slung pony bottle. Sometimes they keep it up in a cabinet nobody goes into in the garage. Buried in the backyard. It's in the do- It's in the doghouse. Dogs like, people, they don't even have doghouses really anymore, do they? No, they don't. No. But They've got... Doggy hotels now. Doggy spas. Yes. Yes. Doggy Airbnbs. Doggy bakeries. I've seen those. Do you know how much a damn bully stick? You know what a bully stick is? Yeah, I do. You know how expensive? They're more expensive than a steak, <laughs> than a, a T-bone, prime rib, whatever. They're more expensive than steak. Dogs got it good in 2019. Yeah. Number three, the substitute something else system. Like booze. I'm just gonna go drink. Here. <laughs> I'm just go gonna some... sit at the bar. <laughs> right. Alcoholism. Sexism, sexaholism. Gambling. Gambling. Anything to make the crack cocaine. The, the, anything the you urge. Need to, anything to, to get, get, get that urge that, to stop. To, yeah. to quit your alcoholism. One scuba diver tried breathing through a damp, musty garden hose for long periods at a time while his wife poured ice water over him. He's having the DTs. Well, Homer mentions that in this stage, it's sometimes called alcoholism. He mentions that uh, this one time, uh, this one guy even tried hiking long distances through oozy, knee-deep mud in moccasin-infested swamps while carrying 50 pounds of scrap iron strapped to his back. But he found all this so much like the real thing. He soon <laughs> he, went back on the stuff. He couldn't <laughs> give it up. Well, what do you think's going to happen from that? You you either see in my opinion you either got to go cold turkey just walk or, or away. not at all or you just admit to it and you and you live with it you live with it maybe and, you just live with it you, maybe you embrace it and you die an old, old wrinkled diver. up unshaven old man you know uh, with a bunch begging, of begging for change t-shirts. on the corner for a, for a couple <laughs> bucks to get another <laughs> get air fill. fill and a dive t shirt. Or worse yet, you change your whole, you quit your job, you become an instructor, thinking I'll get free air. Next thing you know, you're living in Cayman Islands. Spending your day on the reef. Well, Homer finishes by saying, um, yep, someone ought to organize an Alcoholics Anonymous. But what kind of wagon do you go on when you give up water? And the other wagons we talked about weren't very good wagons to, no, no. to go on. Embrace so in the, your alcoholism. In the scheme of things, I'm, I agree. I mean, is it that bad of a thing to be a complete and utter alcoholic that you do end up quitting your job, moving to some Caribbean island, instructing off of some beach every day? Your your entire wardrobe is a swimsuit, flip flops, and one a bunch of one, dive t shirts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think there are worse lots in life to end up with. I mean, that's not so bad. 
To me right now, it sounds like a dream. Uh, Not that I'm, and I have a pretty good life, but that sounds like an awesome life. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. There's there's days where I look back at, at that crossroads I was at at 20 years old. <laughs> right? And I look back and I know you that- You succumb to your I could alcoholism. Be, I could have been a complete alcoholic and, and followed some friends down to the Caribbean, you know? Instead, instead, I'm an alcoholic up here in, <laughs> exactly. in the Great Lakes, freezing my ass off. So you still have your alcoholism, but you're doing what I've it takes. I've got it under control. You're, you've got it under control, right? I've got this under control. See, up here, you can get it under control because you freeze your ass oh, off. You and have so you, to. You're like, yes. okay, I need a break. Now I get what you're saying. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Like you say, I think there's worse isms uh, to have. There's worse addictions. This one's not so bad, so I say you embrace it. I say we need more people embracing it. Well, we need more Great Thought Podcast alcoholics is what we That's need. That's what we need. We need to normalize this behavior. Alcoholics of the world unite. Why don't you guys send us some pictures of, of you feeding your addiction? <laughs> Hashtag TGDP alcoholics. I like it. I'm sure there's other alcoholic groups out there somewhere in the world, but we're, we're stealing it. We're taking it over. You got a problem with it? Come fight me. Come fight <laughs> <laughs> That's that's staying in. (laughs) Okay, aquaholics out there, um, thank you to Homer for that uh, insightful article about Alcoholics Anonymous. And I hope you guys are all doing well with your addictions. We're going to wrap this one up. You know, they they say one in six people are alcoholics. Yeah, if you look in your group, you got a half dozen or more people in your group, and, and you can't point out the alcoholic. You may need to look in the mirror. That's true. You may be the alcoholic. Um, as my old buddy Brando used to say, hashtag true facts. <laughs> hashtag true facts, bitches. <laughs> okay, gang, till next week. Have a uh, wonderful, aquaholic-filled week. We'll see you next time. And remember, it's not your problem. It's theirs. So safe diving. <laughs> Blue, blue, blue.